You have just entered the Katie Ma podcast. Keyboard plus mouse or die. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another KB Mod Podcast, episode 28. 28? I can't believe no it's way. here. I know. I can't believe it's here. It's actually happened. And uh, we're missing a lot of regulars this week because everybody had stuff going on, but we'll do what we can. Apparently, apparently John <laughs> is uh, moving across the country or something. I'm not really sure why he, why that precluded him from showing up. Yeah, I'm not sure why that would you know stop anyone from being on a podcast or anything. Like big life changes are kind of whatever. You should probably get your priorities straight. Scott decided to tell us he wasn't going to be here at the last minute, so thanks, Scott, if you're listening. Yeah, enjoy your concert, bro. <laughs> enjoy it. Good job, bro. But with us this week, we have uh, Brandon, of course, on what seems like some good interwebs. Yeah, for once. Uh, we'll, we'll say that, and then I'm going to drop, and you'll know, because you just won't see me the rest of the night. <laughs> and, uh, Brandon, what... You playing anything this week? Oh, I get, I I can probably guess what you've been doing this week in in some games. Well, actually, well, well let's introduce <laughs> our guests first, and then we'll talk about that. All right, all right. We've got also we've got a uh, John, aka Hexadecimal, who's been writing for the site now for roughly probably a month, a little longer than that. Writing Had some a feature great articles. Yeah, doing doing good work for us and uh, some good reviews. And is going to be reviewing Kingdoms of Amalur here sometime in the near future. And uh, so what's up, John? How's it going, guys? Not too much. And we also have with us from PCPartPicker.com, uh, a site I spent, I think, two hours on today at work, um, <laughs> uh, Philip Carmichael, from who uh, created the site. And uh, what's up, Philip? Hey, how you guys doing? So we've got all kinds of guests this week. And... Uh, so as usual, we'll talk about what we've been doing during the week. Um, so Brandon, as I was as I was saying, <laughs> um, I, I'm guessing you played some tribes. But... I, I played a little bit of tribes, but I was actually I was on kind of a little mini vacation, uh, and so I wasn't here most of the week. And then that huge tribes patch dropped, and so I was so conflicted because I couldn't play. I just had to read the <laughs> tweets about it. And I, I read the patch notes and everything. So when I got home on Sunday night, like I was kind of half watching the Super Bowl and half customizing my classes and trying out all the new stuff. So I didn't get to play <laughs> much tribes, but I did get in a little bit. Yeah, I, I was sitting there on Thursday or whenever that news dropped. I think it was Thursday. And I was like, Brandon, get <laughs> on. Write about this now. Yeah, I only have my phone with me, and you, like you and Bob, both are telling me I needed to write an article about it. So, my, luckily, my girlfriend had her laptop, so I uh, read that article <laughs> as I was watching people, you know, skiing outside. <laughs> so you're welcome, bringing you the hard-hitting news. <laughs> and John, what have you been playing this week? I know you play a gr- good variety of stuff. Yeah, so. I've had a fair mix. Um, I've been doing Kingdoms of Amalar for the review, obviously, and um, I've got a little Blacklight going, a little uh, Tribes going on as well, and then some classic stuff. Did a little bit of uh, Descent 1, Descent 2, some X-Wing vs. Nice. TIE Fighter, a little bit of everything. I you were streaming some Descent 2. I think it was 2. Yeah, I, uh, I had Descent 1 up for a little while, and then... Um, 
for some reason, I could not get audio to work, so it was on the Twitter, and then some people hopped on, and I would assume very aggravatedly hopped off because they were watching the <laughs> idiot play Silent Descent. <laughs> Man, that is an old school game, which we'll talk more about later, I'm sure, in this in this particular podcast. I've been playing um, pretty much Blacklight this entire week. I was going to say, all I've seen is, uh, is you streaming Blacklight pretty much every time I look at Twitter. Yeah, I was, I was trying to help Mike Pollack get a, uh, get a, get a, uh, Moab on Modern Warfare 3, but then I wanted to kill myself because I was playing Modern Warfare 3, so. Which I uninstalled and then ex- inexplicably appeared in my Steam list again. Hmm. I don't know how it, it came back from the dead. Just can't quit so I, was, you. I know. Not happy about it either. <laughs> but, yeah, so that, that was pretty much my whole week was, consumed by blacklight and uh so philip i don't know if you game much philip do you, do you game at all you know i uh I, I used to game quite a bit um but then then i got married and got some kids and so it's kind of <laughs> uh, i know what that's like yeah but um but these days i'm i'm starting to pick it back up you know i have, like i told brandon earlier it's like i have to, to you know kind of research uh you know because the majority of my user base right now are, are gamers and so right um, trying to get back in touch with that side of things so it's it's pretty rough you know having to, to go back and get into it and you know download the games and play them again <laughs> it really breaks my heart in the name of research <laughs> yeah exactly <Yes>. exactly <laughs> yeah, you, i can justify it that way with my wife but uh <laughs> you just need to ask dan about how to balance your time between playing a lot of video games and having a family yeah you just don't sleep a lot that's the key <laughs> <laughs> And you have a real cool wife, but she does sleep a lot as well. That's, yeah. that's what I've learned. Yeah, and you can run on, like, what, 45 minutes of sleep a night now, right? God, I wish. I feel like hell in the morning pretty much every morning. I think Dan just does that sleeping schedule where, like, every few hours he takes a 30-minute nap. He's good to go. <laughs> it's that oh, yeah, the, the, the 15 map. minutes every four hours. Yeah, you just got to hit that REM real quick and <laughs> get rested. But yeah, so we do have Philip here from PC Bar Picker. Um, as I said, spent a long time on it today. Don't really have anything I can buy right now, but <laughs> it was there, so I was like, I'm gonna configure some stuff. So yeah, Brandon, uh, Brandon got Philip on, and uh, so where, uh, so what, what's what besides the site? What's what's kind of your day job? You don't have to go into super detail if you don't want to, but. Uh, so, you know, who are you, kind of, were you a gamer, and then kind of, you know, the whole family thing took off, and then you decided to code a website, or, uh, <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> how exactly did it come to be? <laughs> yeah, so I was, uh, you know, I, I played played a lot of games in college, um, you know, I played a lot of, like, Quake 2, uh, Quake 3 on the dorm network and stuff, had a great time, um, graduated from college, came to work uh, here in Austin, and, and started playing with some guys at work they they had a quick night you know once a week and i thought i was hot stuff coming out of college and then i played with the guys at work and they just smoked me it was it was you know totally got <laughs> humbled. and uh it, you know i was like there's no way all these guys could be cheating and uh, <laughs> uh but yeah so i i i uh i work at a company here in austin i do software development um you know my my specialty right now is is mostly compilers and performance optimization, performance analysis, and stuff like that. Um, so, I, you know, I, 
I've been building computers since I was in, in high school, roughly. And, uh, it's just, it's something that I really enjoy. The, the site is kind of a, um, it's, it's an extension of that. Uh, at work, I yeah. had to, I had to piece together a bunch of computers to build a cluster for performance analysis. And, and I was getting really frustrated with putting these spreadsheets together to, to analyze what, what gave me the best performance for the price or the best uh, storage capacity for, you know, for the dollar. And I was, especially across multiple merchants, I was thinking to myself, there has to be a better way. And so then that's, that's essentially where the, the, the concept of the site came from. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I always used to do all my builds like in Google Docs and stuff. And when I first learned about your site, I'm not exaggerating when I say it, it changed my world. Awesome. Awesome. That's great to hear. So for, for anyone who hasn't used your site, which is obviously PCPartPicker.com, I, I would hope all of our listeners know about it, but uh, <laughs> you, were, you were having trouble coming up with your elevator pitch, so I'm going to put you on the spot. If, if people <laughs> haven't used your site, uh, can you explain what it is, what it does? Right. So PC Park Picker provides compatibility and component selection guidance for do-it-yourself PC builders. Um, it allows you to pick a processor, and then once you do that, when you go to pick out motherboards, it'll only show you motherboards that are compatible with the processor that you've picked out. And then it, as you progress through the various stages of picking the CPU, the RAM, and the video card, it's going to restrict your selections based on compatibility on down the road. And then when you get to the end, it's going to show you all the, the prices across multiple merchants and kind of do a pricing comparison, but on a, you know, being able to view each part individually um, in the system and seeing, you know, whether with various prices across each merchant. And uh, one of the things that, that really kind of set the site apart and, and helped helped it grow was the ability to do um, a markup on the build. So once you've completed your build, if you want to share it, if you want to post it on forums or if you want to post it on yeah. like Reddit's our build a PC, you can click a button and it'll generate the appropriate markup either for PHPBB or or uh, the markdown for Reddit, or just plain text if you want to do it that way. Yeah, I, I actually today was the first time, and I know it was doing it before this, but I was like uh, trying to make someone ask for a budget build on on Twitter, and so I was putting together like an AMD build, and I didn't even notice that it uh, it actually was doing the compatibility check each time. But then I looked over in the upper right-hand corner, you know, it has a little checkbox restricted compatibility. I was like, wow, that's actually a really good idea. So some guy doesn't come on and get an Intel motherboard for his, uh, for his AMD processor, vice versa. Yeah. So I didn't even notice that, but that's excellent feature. Yeah, and that's actually a lot, um, one of the things I think that scares people from doing their own builds. They're so afraid that they're going to get parts that aren't going to be compatible with each other. And so that kind of thing is really a godsend when, um, you know, when you're like us and you do a lot of uh, kind of PC specking out for people, um, and you know, even even we can make mistakes sometimes. So it's nice to to have a site like that that <clears throat> kind of makes it foolproof, and you don't have to worry about if the stuff you're getting is going to work together. Yeah, I think that you know, when you get used to building computers all the time, it, it kind of becomes second knowledge to to know what sockets work with what and what type of RAM you're going to need and so forth. Um, you know, one one thing I ran into is that if you 
if you step out of it for for a couple of years, the technologies change enough that when it comes time to go build a PC again, you you kind of have to start all over again, do all your research and figure out, okay, now what RAM standard are they on, and what socket do I really want to be using, and you know, what what processor is 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 the the right one these days? Am I wasting money? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I had the exact same experience actually when we started the site. Uh, sorry, KB Mod uh, last spring. Uh, when people were asking us for build guys, that was one of the first things we had questions about. Was people being like, you know, what should I build? What should I build? And uh, I had no way to answer it because I I built my PC like a year and a half before and just hadn't hadn't paid attention to what had come out or anything. And uh, so I had to have Brandon and John. <laughs> Uh, handle build guys because I was like I don't even know what's out right now. <laughs> so yeah, once you fall out of it, it's hard to get back. Are you um, are you kind of a, a hardware geek yourself, or do you have like a killer PC at home or anything like that? <laughs> um, I I really like hardware. I you know I've been tinkering with the stuff for a long time. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's something I really enjoy. Now I I don't necessarily have a killer PC like a dedicated killer PC here. I just started mm-hmm. getting into benchmarking. And so I do, you know, I do have some, some hardware here that, that I could, I guess for the, you know, for the sake of, of, uh, of playing games for research, I can put together a decent machine for gaming now, but, um, but no, I don't, I don't have a dedicated machine just yet. Most of my development right now I'm actually doing on a laptop, but, but that's just because, you know, I, I'll do yeah. it here or there. I'll do it at a coffee shop or, or something. So, yeah, I know you. Uh, you've been hard at work adding a lot of features um, over the past. Yeah, several he answers months. everything. Yeah, I mean, he answers we, uh, everything. I know we. <laughs> you know, we have suggested a few features to him, and uh, and he's been really responsive. I know that uh, like adding new merchants, you've got a ton of merchants on there, uh, and I know there's a, a UK version of the site as well for their um, for their currency and their merchants, and uh, adding features like. Um, I don't know what what features have you added uh, over the past couple of months, Philip? Yeah, so yeah, there was support for UK that went in. There was support for Canada, um, Australia, and Australia was fantastic because uh, you know it seems like the Australians are really uh, really enthusiastic, and so you know even well, they're though... looking at everything upside down. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I mean I, I can I can get I don't know. Um, 50 times the traffic from the U.S. that I get from Australia, but but I add Australian support, and it's like, you know, the e- email inbox just gets flooded with Australians saying, <laughs> this is thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was like, wow, okay, these guys are really, really passionate about this stuff. So um, That's awesome. So let's see. So recent, that will recent, actually show you uh, prices for Australia in real time for any parts they're looking at? Yeah, right now the Australian merchants are are really pretty limited, at least for the selection at the site. Um, and that's just, I I want to improve that over time. It's just a, it's just a matter of time, um, available time to to get to it. So the some some of the primary Australian merchants that the people have asked for their their presence online is not. Uh, the way they publish catalogs doesn't doesn't make it very easy for me to be able to harvest price data yeah. uh, from them. So, okay, yeah, makes sense. So, what uh, what features are you looking to add um, over the coming months? Right. So, benchmarking is probably the big one. 
Um, I've got I've got a bunch of hardware sitting on a desk about 20 feet from me right now that's actually running through some paces, running some benchmarks. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to, to provide some pretty comprehensive benchmark data across a, a wide range of hardware. So when you when you go eventually when you go to, to start putting together your PC or, or mocking up your build on, on the site, um, let's say that you pick out a CPU and a motherboard and some RAM. But you're curious, you say, well, I want to I want to know for different video cards based on the CPU I've picked out, what kind of frame rates am I going to get out of Skyrim or Battlefield 3 or, or you know, what's my 3D Mark score going to be, something like that. And so with the benchmark data that I'll have available, you'll be able to see, okay, for, a, a, you know, Radeon 6850, you'll get this. For a, you know, GTX 560, you'll get this, you know, frame rate. Um, and so we'll be able to, to customize or kind of tailor the benchmark results to the hardware that you've picked out already. And uh, and then also be able to kind of sort those out by score. So you'll, or not score, by uh, by price. And so you'll essentially be able to to see the, the price versus performance curve that's relevant to, to your specific parts. Now, will that update in real time as you change parts? Like if we swap cards or CPUs and stuff, will that eventually update? Yeah, it'll update relevant to the parts. It'll update relevant to the the prices. Um, you know, the, the prices update right now. They update about every two hours. It used to be every hour, but then um, some, I had some some features with the ability to 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 specify what merchants you want to see and what merchants you don't want to see, and and things like the mail and rebates. And and on the back end, that added some additional complexity that kind of slowed things down. And so. I haven't had the chance to, to, to speed it up yet. But once I do, eventually I hope to get the pricing updates to where they're about every 15 minutes or so. Wow, uh, that'd be crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, it was, it, it's important to get it pretty fast because sometimes some merchants will publish a price and then my site will email, email out an alert for people who have price alerts set on those components. And by the time they get to it, the price has gone back up. And... Mm-hmm. But my site is still reflecting kind of a lower price, and then people think, oh, you know, your your site's bogus; it's showing the wrong, wrong price. And it's like, no, really, this merchant just kind of tried to throw you for a loop. And... <laughs> well, I think I speak for all of our listeners when I say the the benchmarking thing is uh, is huge. I know that yep. um, it, when I go to spec out builds, PC Part Picker is is my main resource, but second to that is probably the stuff like Anantex Bench. Yeah, and, uh, and Tom's Hardware, other other sites that have those benchmark comparisons when people are looking to, um, to just like you said, to maximize their performance for the money they're spending. Um, so I, I can't wait for you to implement uh, that that kind of stuff. Thanks. Yeah, that'll be that'll be excellent. When I first saw the button up there, I was like, oh man, this is going to be. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get off the site. <laughs> That's up there, honestly. Because I just sit there, because now I want to just buy everything. <laughs> I just sit there and make bills. Yeah, I think you definitely tempt people to spend more money than they should when they're like, well, <laughs> I could I could upgrade this for $200. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Bob was, because I was planning on going Ivy Bridge, and then Bob was like, oh, check this build. This, uh, this 2,500K build's only going to cost you such and such. And I was like, it's a good point, Bob. <laughs> now I might have to get that sooner than... <laughs> And uh, yeah, one, so of, one of the coolest features of the site that uh, that maybe people don't know about is on your builds uh, at the bottom, you can see the price history for all of those components together. And uh, so I used that when I was looking at the, the build that I did a couple years ago 
um, with a, my 980X, and uh, that was a fairly expensive build at the time. And so I, I put all those parts into the site to look at how that price had gone down, and uh, and it was it was kind of interesting because that that part specifically like hasn't gone down hardly at all because it was an extreme part. So I was like, well, there's actually still pretty good value out of that machine that that I've since sold off, but. Um, it was good to know that I didn't, you know, I didn't waste my money back then because I still, I still couldn't get a much better deal on it today. Yeah, there's also, I don't know if you've seen this, man, but there's, uh, I believe it's on the site. I swear I was looking at it today. There's like uh, price versus performance charts as well on there. It could be crazy, but I swear I was looking at one today yeah, on here. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tab on the on the CPU pages and also on the, yeah. the hard drive has something similar. It's capacity versus price. Yeah, and there's price versus uh, gigahertz as well, so price versus the speed, <clears throat> which for you people out here asking, the speed doesn't necessarily mean everything. Um, <laughs> That's why he's going to do benchmarks. He's going to give you everything. Exactly. Make it comprehensive. Exactly. <laughs> so There's your Intel <laughs> Intel Core 2 Extreme QX6850, 1200 bucks. <laughs> there you go. Not bad. <laughs> not, not a bad deal. <laughs> I know. I, I see people occasionally they'll they'll price out the most expensive system they possibly can, and usually it involves, you know, the the extreme edition of a, you know, of a seven seventy five socket or you know like the nine ninety or the or sorry the nine eighty X. Yeah, today I actually um, one of our one of the friends of the site, uh, Incredible Orb Joel. He's a might as well be professional Call of Duty player uh, <laughs> from Sweden, and he has an absolute monster of a machine i think it was like a 3500 roughly dollar build us dollars um it's got like a thermal take 10 and uh 2600k and just basically pre- pretty extreme in its own right a few ssds in there and, uh and today he was like i guess he's having some problems with it so he's getting frustrated he was like what what should I upgrade? You know, I want to upgrade. He's like asking John, and I, what should I upgrade to? So I specced out like a seven thousand dollar bill or something with a <laughs> with a thirty nine sixty in it, and like two. Uh, I didn't go quite so insane because I didn't go with like the gigabyte Colossus, the OCZ uh, SSD, which is like I think thirteen hundred bucks or something. So. I didn't go with that, but um, it was pretty insane. And then someone was, and then I also threw in there. Uh, Bob called me out on this. I threw in there a seventeen dollar DVD burner. <laughs> <laughs> well, these days you hardly even need DVD burners. But, I know. But I assume for a build like that, you probably. Bob's like, why did you go Blu-ray? Yeah, got to go with the Blu-ray. Blu-ray and a three D monitor. Uh, no three D. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> So Philip, where uh, where do you see PC Part Picker going in the future, long term? Right. So I, the the benchmarking is kind of a step in the direction of trying to provide kind of the entire suite of um, or kind of the progression for people who want to build their own PC. So the way I see it is the the pricing information that it provides right now and the compatibility guidance is kind of just one step, but the 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 benchmarking before you get to pricing out components, usually there's kind of a research phase involved with it to say, you know, what, you know, not just what are the prices, but what components should I be picking out altogether? And so the benchmarking kind of falls into that category. And what I also want to do is I want to provide 
more information to people who are new to, to PC building. So providing some tutorials or, or even some build guides that are, that are relevant to either different price points or different, um, you know, part selections that they've chosen. Um, so that's kind of filling out, filling out that, that slice. Um, there's possibility in the future that, that I may start offering, um, something like build kits where, where there'll be different price points and there'll be a selection of parts that's already been kind of pre-selected and pre-vetted and benchmarked ahead of time. And then basically there'll be instructions that are specific to that build kit. So, you know, if you ordered it and and you never built a PC before, it'd be okay because you'd get this kit of parts and, um, and a set of instructions basically walking you through every single step of the way specific yeah. to those parts. That's very cool. I think, I think that's uh that kind of thing is probably really useful, you know, to your, your average, uh, gamer or just your average PC enthusiast. You know, I, I enjoy, um, spending all day messing around with the research part and, and looking at different parts. But I know that a lot of people just kind of want, um, an easy answer. And I know, uh, right. you know, when I've, when I've, uh, done a build guide video, I've, I found that that's been really useful for people to kind of give them a few price points and just let them pick, um, kind of a build that you've already looked at, you know, that you tell them, I think this is good, um, for, you know, for the price. It's the best performance. So, um, that's really cool. Well, if you want, uh, if you want like a three hour live stream video of someone building a PC, <laughs> one you can have. I've never seen a man take so long to put thermal paste on in my entire life. Hey man, well, that is a difficult process. I have screwed that up way more than once. Yeah, that's pretty difficult with the two one two. And, and really that wasn't the problem. The problem was me doing things in the wrong order. And I put the motherboard in before I put that ridiculous two one two backplate on. Oh yep, no no no! I saw that. I saw that. So I, I actually watched that that live stream. So that that was yeah, that, that was like around Christmas time or so. Yeah. Yeah yeah, a little before Christmas. That's uh, not my finest moment when I when I claim to know some things about PCs. And my previous build had a Hyper Two One Two in it. That was the saddest part. Yeah, you had done it before. Same case. See, I, same I put mine board. in in like two minutes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my next one. Although I have an AMD board, so I don't know how different it is. <laughs> Well, no, I, next, I, if I live stream my next build, it, it will be like 30 minutes. I'm going to do like a speed build. <laughs> I figured out that, you know, after I watched you, I was like, okay, I need to make sure that if I ever live stream that I pre-flight all the components and make sure I don't. <laughs> I'm glad that I could serve as a word of warning to you. <laughs> no, it was, but, it was good, though. I, enjoy, I enjoyed watching it. So. <laughs> well, hopefully we get some better videos of that up on our, our own YouTube channel soon. <laughs> But uh, well, oh, if, if you want to send some parts our way, we're happy to do some uh, some live build guides <laughs> for you. Yeah, yeah, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Bob is it? Bob is itching to get free hardware any way he can. So yeah, he really is. So don't send him anything because he's just he's just trying to cheat you. Now just send him something completely useless like PCI IO slot covers. But like, here you go. We love you guys. Take these. These are great. Like, no, you know what? Send Bob a sound card. Send him like a se- several sound cards, and they can test those. Yeah, like PCI or I- ISA sound cards. 
Yeah. yeah, if you've got some ISA sound cards sitting around, Bob has lots of hardware that would support those. some uh, some IDE raid cards. Yeah, actually, <laughs> send him raid cards. He lo- he loves that stuff for some reason. <laughs> I actually have a question. Um, I think Brandon, Brandon, are you out of questions, Brandon? I think you are. Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, but I have a question. Um, you have the ratings on here on the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, for overclocking and performance, I'm looking at the processor specifically. Uh, how did you decide to do that? I'm, I mean, I'm guessing it wasn't just arbitrary, but and the performance ones are pretty. I mean, that's pretty much how they should be. I was just wondering if you like, were you pulling those off of sites or rating them yourself or? Right. Yeah. So the so like, the performance numbers, those are those. Are, I mean, performance and overclocking are aggregated from a number of different sites um, and just kind of combined in a particular way. The performance numbers. Uh, so the overclocking is something that I don't I don't personally have very good data on because I don't I don't have enough you know, yeah. enough data points for, for me alone. Um, so a lot of that data is is aggregated from uh, places like hwbot.org, and uh, and that's that's a great resource. There's a lot of information, especially about overclocking, there, about what people are getting, what kind of benchmark results they have, and then. Okay. For performance data, um, right now that's being sourced from a couple different places and aggregated to just a simple kind of star rating. But eventually, with with all the benchmarking data that's coming in, uh, I hope to replace that with with kind of with with my own my own data here. Yeah, I was just wondering because I was like, is this arbitrary or because <laughs> I love I love that the. Uh... The Celerons are top overclockers, and they were beasts. That's actually true. They were absolute monsters at it. Um, well, if you owned a Celeron, yeah. you pretty much had to overclock if you wanted performance. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we love the site. So, so any, anything else work. you want to add before we move on, Philip? Uh, no, no, I think I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> I did actually. We actually had a bunch of questions from people one day, and I tweeted at him. Uh, would you add uh, game prices? People are wanting game prices aggregated on there, and I think that would be a lot harder to do. I don't actually know how anything works as far as programming the site, but I just feel like that would be so hard to do because there's so many sales and stuff. Yeah, the sales would be really hard to keep track of. The the most important thing is just it. You know, if, if the item has has some part number associated with it. If it has a part number, then I can usually track it. Um, yeah. Unless you're, unless it's a part for something like, say, like a, a Dell monitor, where a Dell monitor has 10 different part numbers. You know, Dell has three different part numbers, and then they'll list on merchant sites with a different part number. And so then it's really hard to, to link things up and kind of aggregate them. But. Well, if you want game prices, you could just go to the KB Mod forums and take advantage of the deal forum. <laughs> That's true. Nice promo. That was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. That was awesome. And now, time to do the news. We now interrupt your scheduled programming to bring you an urgent broadcast from the front lines of America. Our first, uh, our first news is actually hardware related. We got uh, the NVIDIA 600 series leaking specs, release dates, all of that. <sighs> Man. If these are true, <laughs> yeah, we we have to couch that and say that you know these are kind of rumored. But given the detail they have, uh, it seems somewhat uh, believable, reasonable. Maybe not reasonable because uh, <laughs> forty five forty five percent increase over the seventy nine seventy. 
That's, I just, believe it when wow. I see it. Yeah, the, the thing that gets me is that, you know, NVIDIA came out and did say, like, uh, you know, they expected more after the 7,000 launch from from AMD. They They thought they were going to be up against stronger competition i guess and it wasn't just uh you know a jerk statement they uh <laughs> if this is true then they uh they were serious and they've just hit amd pretty hard yeah. if this is the case yeah i mean if these are if these specs are true they're definitely backing up that's that smack they're talking um i mean the 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 gtx 690 costing a thousand dollars that that is just unreal to me um, but even the 680, I mean, uh, uh, it's going to cost $650, and that that in itself is pretty ridiculous. But if it's a 45% increase over the 7970, I, I have a feeling that we're going to see we're going to see some some price. Uh, I don't I don't know that I'd say wars, but AMD is going to have to do something because the 7970 priced at 550 right now. I think I would I, if I only had one or two monitors, I'd definitely spend the extra money, the extra hundred bucks yeah, for forty-five percent more performance. That's a no-brainer. Wouldn't that? Yeah, wouldn't the six eighty be better than either of the dual cards out now too? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone right now should be looking at buying uh, a five ninety or a sixty-nine ninety just because the those, those cards are already um, loud. They're power hungry, and with these new cards here, you should you should definitely just go with a high-end single GPU, or if you can wait until you know Q2, Q3, uh, get one of the new generation dual GPU cards. Yeah, the 7990 comes out in March, I believe, and uh, we'll have to see what that actually does. And I think it was going to be 850. 800 or 850? That's so much money for a graphics card. Yeah, but the 7990s, when you look at the 690, the 7990 is kind of a bargain at 850 for two 790s. Yeah, but you could just, you know, build another computer. Well, that's true. (laughs) It's true. Hey, you can do a lot of things with 850 or $1,000. That's a lot of meth. You could buy a lot of meth. (laughs) You could break all the bads with that. All of them. No, my entire build that I'm on right now cost eight fifty when I bought it. So, but um, if this is, I yeah, I think you're right, Brandon. I think if and people out there listening, if you're looking to get a graphics card, wait till April or May, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think and I think, see what AMD does. Yeah, I think wait, wait for this full lineup to be released from Nvidia. Um, because these prices, honestly, these are these are pretty high prices compared to what we've seen. I mean, the 660 Ti at 400 bucks, like the 560 Ti is is probably one of the best budget cards out there. And and I say budget kind of for a you know that mid range gamer. Yeah. Um, that 560 Ti is kind of in that sweet spot. 400 bucks for the 660 Ti seems outrageous to me. And so it looks like they're they're kind of moving up their entire lineup as far as price goes. But I mean I guess if if the performance is is what we're you know what we're expecting, then maybe maybe those low end cards are going to be matching the higher end cards in, in the current generation, which seems crazy to me, but Nvidia may have something special on their hands. But aren't there already rumors that uh, AMD is going to launch the eight thousand series by the end of the year, like the seven thousand Yeah by fall. Yeah. By fall. Like yeah, the seven thousands are going to end up like that. 
Well, I think the 7,000s are going to end up like the 5 Series did. They're going to be a little power-hungry, and then they're going to release the 8 Series, which is going to be the equivalent of the new 6 Series now, where it's like a refined version of the GPU that's more affordable, because, I mean, aside from people who professionally play computer games or just that into the habit, 850 900 bucks for a GPU is craziness. Well, I think the, the thing with the 7,000 Series is it's actually... Um, I mean, it, it's, it uses less power than the 6000 series so so they are already better from that perspective hmm. um, I wouldn't I wouldn't maybe wouldn't be so surprised to see uh, a new version of cards out by the end of the year but I would I think it's more likely that we'll just see really aggressive pricing like we did with the yep. 6000 series because right now AMD is basically taking advantage of the fact that Nvidia is, is late to the game yeah. uh, by a couple months but I think once these cards drop, they're not going to have any other choice. So I think they're just looking to make a lot of profit right now while they can. And you can go to you know Newegg and look. But there's a lot of 7970s are sold out right now. So you know those those people that want the early uh, new best cards, they're going to buy it regardless of what it costs. So it's a pretty true. smart strategy from AMD. I, I think that we'll probably see them return to the value portion of the spectrum once once Nvidia releases these cards because they're not going to have any other choice. Forty five percent increase over their over AMD's flagship GPU. I mean they're they're not I mean, going to be able to charge. That's accurate. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to be able to charge five hundred fifty dollars for that. It's it's just not it's not going to make sense. Yeah. So the consumer advice, which we don't give often, <laughs> seriously though, just if you're holding on to like a fifty seven seventy or something. Um, Something that's kind of almost on its way out with newer titles. Not really on its way out, but starting to struggle. Uh, hold off, man. Just wait, because I, I think you're right, Brian. I think it's going to get real crazy with trying to undercut each other. Yeah, I, I actually point. was considering, um, go, like, I was looking at buying a 7950 because those were just released. And uh, we didn't we didn't post an article on it. Perhaps we will at some point. But we've got some earlier reviews and you know it looks like a solid card, but it's 450 bucks, and that's the yeah. you know the 6950 was uh, my 6950 was around 270, and that was one of the most expensive ones you could get. So I think that like the 7950, the 7970, those are gonna those are gonna see some pretty severe price drops if if these specs are true. Yeah, so be be aware of that, bros out there. Have anything and, to add, uh, Philip? We got the hardware guy here, and we just we didn't even let him talk. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys, you guys know your stuff. It's good. So, yeah, I mean, the I, I'm kind of on a wait and see on what the you know what the 600 series is going to do. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested in benchmarking them and seeing uh, how, you know how they compare. But I just but, so, yeah, the 7970 is pretty pricey for a for an ATI card. But and and they they've been hard to get a hold of. Not impossible, but but definitely hard. I mean, they're kind of worth it right now. I I just five fifty is a lot, but for what you get out of that card, even right now when it's first out at that price, I still think it's a not a you know I wouldn't buy one. I couldn't afford one, but. For that price and that amount of performance, I don't actually think that's that terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, but... when you can, they're just they're just pricing it compared to the competition. When you look at the 580, which I think is five, 450, 500 now, um, it's it's a no-brainer over the 580. But 
I don't think it's I think it's going to be a lot harder decision when you start comparing it to like the GTX 670, which is basically going to be its closest competitor. Yeah. So keep your eyes open, guys, for that. Tune into some PC part picker. See the prices. There you go. Come out. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to send a. You know, what a seventy nine seventy to uh, to Bob to get him to review. Actually, it. you can just ship that directly to me. <laughs> Bob doesn't have any time for that sort of thing, and he's not going to send it back. So. <laughs> but yeah, up up next we have uh, Tribes Ascend just going crazy last week dropping uh, as we talked mentioned a little bit earlier dropping just a massive patch pretty much overhauling not really the gameplay as much but the entire look of the game and the entire way classes work uh, it was actually kind of to me it was kind of out of nowhere because i didn't really feel like now i haven't played as much as you brandon but mm-hmm. i didn't really feel like there was much wrong with the talent tree system or uh any of the classes they had. Um, now maybe maybe they did it for the you know the monetary reasons. And not that it's bad, but to try to streamline that a little bit. But what did you think, man? Because you're more into the game than I am. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think there were a couple problems the way that I look at it. Um, I think that they were doing a pretty good job trying to balance the classes that they had, and uh, you know they just had the twelve classes you could pick from. Um, I think that the monetary piece is one part of it. Because when you think about how they were monetizing the game, really all you could do was purchase their gold in order to get the class, uh, to unlock classes quicker. And yeah, or boost. Yeah. Or, or boost, right. So that left you know, very few options for monetizing people after they had bought you know, what they wanted to buy. So I think when you look at a free-to-play strategy uh, like League of Legends or Team Fortress 2, they have a lot of littler options for people to continually pay money, even you know even veterans of the game, to keep them wanting to buy things. Um, yeah. So so I think the new this new model they're going with allows for a lot more customization within the classes, and there's a lot more things to purchase. Now you can purchase. Uh, Right now, you can purchase just about everything with experience that you get from playing the game, but the gold basically acts as a shortcut. Um, And actually, right now, one of my biggest criticisms of the patch is that things are so expensive. Um, I've played a lot, and I had had a couple million experience to spend, and I still can't, I don't think I can unlock everything uh, in the game yet. So there's a yeah, pretty. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, because I know how much you've played. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a pretty high price as far as uh, gold and time spent, and I think that uh, I think those will need to be adjusted. But some people have made some good points that it's it's easy for them to lower prices. It would be a lot harder for them to raise prices. You know, there would always be that backlash yeah. if yeah. they if they did it the other way. Um, I think the other the other thing that a lot of people were saying, and these are mainly like Tribes veterans, like people that have played Tribes 1 and Tribes 2 a lot, uh, they were complaining that this loadout system with just the two weapons and your specific grenade and like, you know specific pack, that that wasn't true to the original spirit of Tribes, which did allow for customization, you know, and that, that was really added a lot of flavor to the game. And so I think they're returning a little bit to form with kind of, streamlining the classes a bit. They took three classes out and kind of melded them in with existing classes. 
So there's nine classes now. Uh, when you unlock them, you can choose from different weapons, different perks. Um, I think it's it's a lot easier for someone to get in the game and kind of understand right off the bat. And you're kind of, even though stuff is expensive, you feel like you're really playing towards something. So I think that for new players, it's going to be a lot more rewarding. Yeah, I didn't actually unlock anything yet because I was just going in with my uh, the classes I was used to when I was playing um, for the few hours I had played since the patch. Uh, and because I was okay with most of the loadouts, but I also felt, even though I didn't even play the original very much, I actually felt like super restricted. <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, you couldn't change anything, really. Uh, you can only get the perks and stuff. So I'm really glad that they are allowing a little more uh, uh, variety to each class. Yeah. And that it's not just a straight class, and there it is. Yeah, I think so. I think that a lot of people... Um, I, I don't know that the balance and every... I think that, like, there's a lot of issues with the way they have it now. Um, but for all intents and purposes... The way I look at it is it's it's in a lot of ways it's a brand new game because the the gameplay is affected hugely by by all of this new customization. So I think there's going to be some balance issues for a while. Uh, you know, there's going to be new issues that pop up, and I think those are going to have to be worked through. But I think overall for kind of the the long term strategy of the game, I think this works yeah. out a lot better in their favor because they can they can add little tweaks here and there like adding a new grenade or a new weapon, rather than having to add full-on classes, I feel yeah. like the adding classes, you know, that that has the potential to completely wreck the balance. You look yeah. at something like Team Much Fortress 2. Much faster than a weapon. Yeah, I mean, Team Fortress 2 has never added classes, and there's a reason for that. You know, and the way League of Legends goes about things is there's, you know, that's that's the way they do it, is they constantly add um, champions, but again, League of Legends, I feel like, ha- can sometimes have some balance issues, whereas Team Fortress 2, I think a lot of people would say is is regarded as one of the most balanced games. Yeah, and I mean, that was the constant WoW plague. I don't know if John or Phil ever played World of Warcraft. Consider yourselves lucky if you never got, <laughs> ever got into it, but um, basically the main complaint from that fan base constantly was balance, balance, balance. And then, and then when Wrath of the Lich King threw in a new class completely from Classic, it was just like, the, you know, the world was up in arms, uh, with Death Knights being, oh, this is overpowered, that's overpowered. And then they had to compensate for those, so they overpowered something else. So it was always one thing or the other. And then, uh, so, I mean, they're simplifying WoW, um, in a lot of ways, but the balance issues, whenever you add something totally new like that, like League of Legends does, as you were saying, there is extreme potential for backlash and for the just imbalancing of the game. Uh, Death Knights could solo everything in the world. Yeah, that <laughs> was out of balance for out. a long time. It was insane. Uh, so you had, you know, you, you gotta be very careful. So I, I think it's better to do weapons. And as you said, you know, TF2, it's been the same, what, seven or eight classes? Maybe less even, uh, the entire time. And you never felt like something was completely overpowered. There was always a counter. So, yeah, I think uh, for high res, I mean, they're they're a small studio, so I think keeping it keeping it streamlined as much as possible and making the system easier for them to kind of to to refine and fix 
uh, is, is going to be for the best. Whereas them come up, coming up with new classes, I was a little bit skeptical of that from the start because you've already got balance issues with 12 classes, and you know now you're going to add more. And I think they actually do plan to add more, but when they do, it's going to be you know spaced out. It's it's going to be well thought out, hopefully, and it's going to be kind of a big event. So. Um, yeah. You know, so you can. I think you can still do that in a smart way, but this new way, I think, is gonna is gonna help them make more money over the long term. Yeah, and and staying in this vein, it's what we call a transition, right there. <laughs> um, Blacklight just had, and we touched on this briefly last week. Blacklight had uh, its phase four open after much delay, but after now that I've played it for hours and hours. Uh, and kind of see how the once again we still don't know. I don't know. Can you buy stuff in tribes yet with real money? Yeah, you've been able to buy stuff with real money from the first day okay. the beta was open. Yeah, because you you can't buy uh, you can't buy the Zed yet, the equivalent of tribes gold. Uh, you can't buy it yet in Blacklight, but they gave us all five thousand Zen this build, and in Blacklight, uh, for those who aren't in in beta. Uh, the way you customize is through the guns. So you can buy different guns, um, different types of guns, SMG, bolt-action rifle, sing, you know, single-shot rifle, uh, burst-fire, assault rifle, etc. And then you can take that base and you can change the muzzle, the barrel, the cartridge, the sight, the stock, <laughs> you know, everything on it. But everything costs money, <clears throat> or in-game money. And you earn GP each match, so it's kind of like tribes. You know, you earn XP to unlock stuff. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And but the way they have it done is that you can either now they've added tons of options. Uh, originally, it was you could only rent things. You could never get them permanently, which was ridiculous. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, I, I didn't. I didn't care for that model from the start, and so I'm glad to see that they've kind of done it about face and changed that completely. Yeah that, yeah, that was jarring to move, to jump in the other day and uh, realize the shotgun that I had been taking people's heads off was gone, and I was a little aggravated. <laughs> yeah, no, when I was first playing that, I liked the game from day one. It never, you know, it played really well from day one. Like, nothing was super, you know, made me mad, and I was... But then, you know, I got my gun rolling and, like, got my parts that I liked and my setup, and then I log in, you know, two days later. <laughs> it's gone. It's all gone, you know. <laughs> So it's really good that they changed that, but you still have to... Basically, Zen is the stuff you're going to buy with real money. And Zen, you can buy items permanently with Zen or the in-game GP, it's called. So you can buy weapons, parts with GP or with uh, Zen, and you can buy them permanently with either one, but they have different rental options now. And I'm starting to see the usefulness of the rental system, too, in that... You rent an item, so like for instance, sights. If anyone's played Call of Duty here or Battlefield for that matter, um, you know if you put the wrong sight on a gun, for me anyway, it can completely throw me off. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you know some guns you're like, I like the iron sights on this. Others, you know, maybe you want an ACOG sight or red dot. dot. Yeah, <laughs> I got. So the uh, in that game, <laughs> I made the mistake in the last week, of buying an ACOG site with Zen. Because I was just like, ah, fuck it, you know. <laughs> I'll just I'll just spend it. What's it matter? You know, it's, I didn't pay for it anyway. So I bought this ACOG site, 
because I really wanted another sight. I don't like the iron sights very much in the assault rifle. And uh, <clears throat> it was the first one I unlocked. So I put it on. Just terrible. It was, it's horrendous. It's like looking down like tunnel vision. It's so bad. <clears throat> but then, you know, now I'm out 500 Zen. <laughs> yeah. So, But that was my fault. But then which, what I should have done was just rented the thing for a day with GP. And then I could have been like, oh, I'm not going to renew that tomorrow. Now, are, so, are the prices for rentals pretty cheap? Yeah, for rentals are really cheap, uh, especially with GP. Now, it depends on how much the item changes the game, like armor pieces, because you have your, like, head armor, chest armor, leg armor, and uh, feet, or uh, boots. And th- those are actually pretty expensive per. But <clears throat> to buy permanently, <clears throat> excuse me, to buy permanently, uh, just like tribes, like you were saying, stuff's really expensive. Yeah. To buy stuff permanently without spending real money is takes a while. <laughs> like, I couldn't have afforded one thing yet, and I've earned probably 15,000 GP in the last week. And it's like, to buy an entire gun, like the SMG base gun, is 90,000 GP yeah. to get it permanently. Yeah, wow. it's nuts. So, but it's only like 1,500 Zen. Now, what's, so maybe, they haven't announced what the exchange for like cash to Zen is yet? No, but I would think a gun, like a base gun, because everything would be based off that, I would say maybe five bucks, and I would be okay with that, to be honest. Um, because I've, I've only used the assault rifle, and I'm okay with that. Well, as long as <laughs> but, there's a way for you to, like, unlock those guns eventually through gameplay, because when a free-to-play game goes and it's like, well, we're gonna set it up so you can pay to have a huge advantage over every other player that doesn't want to pay. It really screws up the balance for the game, and they'll need to watch that pretty closely. They they will, and they actually uh, in the build previous to this before before you got it, uh, the game was super imbalanced for the level thirty people to max levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really really imbalanced, and they've since I haven't seen a single person use uh, the ammo types. And Brandon, I know I've talked about this before, but there's mm-hmm. There was, like, poison ammo and electric ammo and fire, and uh, I haven't seen anyone use it <laughs> since this patch. I'm not even sure if they removed it, but I know Jared, the kind of lead developer, he wanted to keep it in really badly, but said admitted that it was basically so hard to balance that they just were thinking of getting rid of it. Yeah. So I don't even think it's in this patch I mean, at that's, all. that's one thing that... Uh... Most games never have to worry about, but when you're talking about different ammo types like fire and acid and stuff, that's I think it's almost impossible to get that balance right. Yeah, so they I think they've scrapped that, but right now nothing feels overpowered. The level thirties I was telling Brandon this the other day, the level thirties basically the main advantage they have is some equipment, which in injective ga- objective games really, really helps. Like they have scrambler grenades, so they can throw it on a point. And you actually have wall hacks in this game that you can use. Uh, it's called HRV. You hit your V key, you can see through the walls, see where everyone is. And everyone has that. But if they have the scrambler up on a point, it'll look like no one's there. Hmm. So if they're on B point taking it, and I HRV to see what's going on, I'll look at B, nothing will be there, it's fine. <laughs> then I'll see it get taken. And those are really high-level items, comparatively. But those are the only things, I wouldn't even call them overpowered. It's just another nice thing to have in the game. Because uh, there's level 30s who are terrible. <laughs> and then there's level 30s who are good. But before it was like a level 30 who was terrible, but
but had fire ammo was just going to kill you every time. Yeah. It didn't matter. Yeah, I think that's that's the that's definitely the one thing free to play games really have to watch out for is are you going to have that imbalance from from either someone who has played the game, you know, just way way more than someone brand new coming in, and then what you have to watch out for more is uh, you know, are you giving a huge advantage to the person who's able to play or um, pay rather than just playing for free? So it's it's right. good to see that they're at least. Uh, it sounds. I think. I think. Uh, Tribes and Blacklight, um, both high res and Perfect World or uh, Zombie, uh, are, are doing a really good job of kind of listening to the feedback they're getting and um, you know trying to make those games high quality when they finally do launch. Yep. So yeah, both games are looking good, guys. Both are free to play and uh, much better alternatives to uh, Modern Warfare Three Shitfest. So. <laughs> Um, so next we're going with the uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, um, putting an online pass on their game. And uh, for those of you who don't know what online passes are, it kind of limits content to people who get a used copy of the game. Uh, and it's kind of like first day DLC, a lot of it. And it's a it's a bad road to go down. John, you wrote the article on it. Yeah, um, you know, um, was it Kurt Schiller? Is it? Kurt Schilling, yes, yeah. Hall of Fame pitcher. Yeah, he's... Um, you didn't know that, but I told you. <laughs> yeah, I bet you people in your sports things. No, I don't I don't follow this. Um, he's so also he's, the head of a gaming studio. Right, now that I understand. <laughs> he's the head of 38 Studios. So he kind of reached out to his forum members and then the NeoGAF forums as well because there was a lot of outrage about this online pass, which they're pretty popular, especially for EA-released games, because they feel that they need to recoup some operating costs for their online games, um, which is understandable, because you got to run servers or produce DLC. So, I mean, for some stuff, I could maybe see why you would want to have that extra buy-in for used, especially if you're going to pick up a game way late, and it's 20 bucks, not a big thing. But the thing with Amalar is there's really no online content whatsoever. You can't play with other people. So they locked out seven of uh, seven of the missions in the game for anyone who buys the game used. And there was a pretty huge outpouring of anger about that because once you've pressed the discs and gotten them out to you know, game stores or wherever, there's really no long-term cost incurred by that game. So... That online pass rubbed a lot of gamers the wrong way, and I personally don't agree with it. I mean, Amalar is a good game, and, you know, the review will be up here hopefully soon. But <laughs> It's a pretty big game. you got time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, I was, if I was, like, going to pick that game up used, I would probably go without the seven missions because there's so much to do in that game already. The, a minuscule amount of, like, little tiny missions, unless they are specifically you can't finish the game without them, there's no point in putting a pass like that on that game. And if they you can't finish the game without it, it's really screwed up. Well, I, I, I think uh, the, the whole online pass thing is uh, luckily something that we've rarely ever had to deal with on the PC side of things. I think it's, it's become, unfortunately, somewhat common uh, on the console side of things. But the, I, I can almost, almost maybe understand the argument uh, for this sort of online pass if the game has a significant online component, um, you know, any online game has to uh, has to you know upkeep the master server and something like Battlefield 3 obviously has 
a huge investment there with uh, the web front end for Battlelog. So there are some ongoing costs with keeping that online component going. Um, and while I don't agree with it, you know, I can I can kind of understand the economic argument there. But when you have a game that's pretty much all single player, and you're just basically charging anyone who buys a used game to access that content, I don't know. I, I think I think that's just kind of a slimy thing to do. And to say to say that you're doing it to promote early adopters and reward your fans, that I mean, that's just plainly disingenuous from what yeah. I can tell. That was really yeah. the most insulting part of it is that he came out and was like, well, my argument is that I'm going to entice you to buy my game before it goes on sale used. And, I mean, if you want to entice gamers to buy your game up front, treat them properly. Like, okay, here's your bonus armor or here's an extra mount right. or weapon or some extra thing you get because you pre-ordered my title. Like, everyone for the last 50 years of playing games is done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think stuff like that, it, you know, if you're if you really wanted to reward the people that were buying your game. It's exactly what you said. Give them extra content uh, for buying the game. But clearly, if you're if you're doing uh, seven single-player missions, those you, you don't have seven additional single-player missions. Those those could have been included in the original game. Um, and, and if it's that substantive, it doesn't sound like an extra to me. That sounds like something that was taken away uh, in an effort to make more money. Yeah, which I agree. is fine. It's it's their right to do that. But don't you know? Don't tell me to my face that you're trying to reward me. I would rather hear that you're you know that you you don't want people to buy the game used. You know, I would rather hear the straight up uh, facts yeah. and say, listen, we did this because we don't get any money from used game sales, and you know, if we want to make more cool games, you you should buy the game new and support our studio. That's what I'd like to hear. Yeah. I still probably yeah. wouldn't like the online pass thing, but I'll at least, you know, I'll at least appreciate that they're being real with us and telling us, look, used games hurt publishers, so you know, help us out. If you enjoy the game, buy it new so that we can get a portion of that. But thirty eight studios and Kurt showing not to be outdone with their online pass. <laughs> but Microsoft has tried. Microsoft has, has trumped them, I think. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator comes out on February 29th, the new one. Or Microsoft Flight, excuse me. <laughs> it's too cool for the simulator tag now. Um, <laughs> Microsoft Flight comes out on the 29th, and uh, <clears throat> I can't confirm or deny if it's any good. But I was going to say, um, are you even allowed to say what, what the game is called? Yes, that I am allowed <laughs> to do. But that's it. That's all I can say. But Microsoft has decided in a you know, real classy move um, to put out $20 worth. Actually, it's more than that, according to some articles I'm reading. There's actually three packs of DLC. Uh, beta testers will get some of them for free, like one or two of them. But there will be a $20 DLC available day one. So the game's free to play, though. But if you want to play on more than one place, uh, more than one... One uh, island, I believe you get like, you know, just more more parts of the earth to fly on, but it's uh, twenty bucks. <laughs> Day one. That is, that is that is a thing. But it's free. It's free, but it's twenty bucks. Right. So if you want the whole game, it's twenty bucks. 
But now is that even the whole else. game, or is that just like, well, here's yeah, no, I mean, there's going to constantly, constantly be DLC for it, which I mean makes sense, kind of, because yeah, the old ones always had a million expansion packs. Yeah, that's one type so. of game where I, that's actually one type of game where I think like the free-to-play model can work really well because um, in those types of games. A lot of a lot of what people want are either like specific planes or maybe specific uh, places, you know, with detailed um, like over overview maps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm assuming I'm not really a flight sim fan, but I'm sure that those kinds of things are what people are looking to do. Um, and so I think that the the whole free to play strategy could really work for this game. But coming right out of the gate with twenty dollars worth of DLC, that doesn't make sense to me. Like. I, I think they need to try in smaller increments. Give me yeah. a plane for for three yeah, or four dollars. Three packs, three packs of DLC. Now is each of those twenty oh. bucks? No, no, no. One's <laughs> one's going to be twenty. The big one. What it what it is is basically you start. I can't actually confirm this though, <laughs> but you start on the Big <laughs> Island in Hawaii. But I'm not sure. I've just heard that. <laughs> um, well, it says it in the Kotaku article, so I think you're fine. <laughs> But then the $20 DLC gives you the rest of the Hawaiian Islands and something else, and some other thing, and a plane or two. And then there's also like an $8 DLC, which will have some planes, and then another one that's like 5 bucks that will have some skins, I think. Now, did either of you guys play like Flight Sim X or the older one? Didn't you used to get like the whole country and a bunch of planes and all that crap? Right but there was front? lots of expansions, though. Oh, okay, those. that's fair. There was always lots of expansions, like... But I think part of that back then was like, well, we have to fit this on a CD. True. And then, like, like the first ones especially, we have to fit this on some floppy disks. <laughs> and then we have to... So, But then they would come out with, like, World War II plane pack, and you would buy that. And then, like... Uh, so this game makes sense for DLC, but the fact is there's $33 worth of DLC on day, on day one. Day one, that's just... I don't know. I have a friend that's really into flight sim, especially the Microsoft flight sim. So I'll have to see what his opinion is about something like that. I just think it's too much too fast. I think if you had been like, well, in March we'll come out. Like the way as despicable as Activision is, the way they're doing Call of Duty DLC once a month, I think that would have been a better idea though than being like, here's a shitload of money right up front for this free game. True. Well, so. I, I think what they what they should do, they just need to segment it more. I, I agree that I think the way they've put it out there is too much too fast. I don't want to necessarily spend $20 right away, but maybe if I want, like, my one specific plane, I'm willing to spend 4 or $5. So yeah. I, I would like to see them have, like, a lot of options of DLC right off the start, but make them, make them littler. Don't, don't give me $20 right off the bat. Let me have, you know, the missions for $5, my plane for 4 or $5, the Hawaiian Adventure Pack for I don't know eight dollars, you know make them yeah. make them small little things like that's why a lot of people buy stuff in free to play because when you take those little tiny purchases they don't feel like you're spending money, but twenty dollars that feels like I'm spending money. Yep. Well, maybe you need to look at it this way: if they would release you know Microsoft Flight as a whole retail package, it probably would have cost sixty bucks right out of the gate. So even if it's free to play. You can look at it as, well, the game's going to come out at $39, so maybe that's what their thought process was there. I mean, I still don't agree with the fact that there's $38 of DLC as soon as you download the game. But yeah. Well, but uh, I think the, the whole free-to-play trend, I think, is is coming about because over time, the the publisher can garner more than your traditional yeah. 50 or $60. Right. Look at League of Legends, player. man. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot people of people like willing, to, willing to spend a lot more than $60 
but over the course of time. Right. And so I don't necessarily want to drop $30 right off the bat, but if I'm going to play Microsoft Flight Sim, you know, especially since there hasn't been one for, what, six, six, six years, years now? Six years now, yeah. I can guarantee you there's a ton of people that are going to buy probably every single plane they offer as DLC. But if you put yeah. it, if you bundle that plane with like the Hawaiian Adventure Pack and missions and stuff and charge $20 for it, they probably don't want that stuff. So they're not going to spend $20, but they'll spend the littler chunks of that on what they really want. Yeah, that's true. Although for some of those flight sim fanatics, I mean, it could be free to play on day one, and there's a thousand dollars of DLC, and the credit card is out, right? Yeah, to go. I'll buy it. Well, I mean, if it's anything like Train Simulator, then Bob yeah. is on game the line. over. He is ready for it. <laughs> so that was yeah. So don't do that, publishers. Generally, just do you play? Do you play Flight Sims, best. Philip? Nah. nah. <laughs> no, I, I get stuck. Uh, I mean, the uh, train simulator that I think that would be uh, that would be pretty addictive. I'd, I'd have to be careful about that. One. <laughs> well, well, it's only eleven hundred and fifty dollars for the whole train sim pack on Steam. So, what? Yep. If Bob has wow. any There's... indication, you'll just end up throwing your side away. You'll sell off all your possessions. <laughs> That's all you'll do. <laughs> but uh, moving on here to some quick hits, because man, we're we're flying through here. Uh, Skyrim Creation Kit came out today, which I know a lot of people are excited about. There's going to be some crazy stuff coming out of it. It's going to be amazing. Um, but they said there was going to be a surprise with it, and they did not disappoint because Bethesda put together, and this used to be something that, at least on Oblivion, I installed one of these, an HD texture pack. Oh, so I nice. installed one of these on Oblivion, and it was took forever. I mean, it took forever to install because it was a mod. They even put their own out by Bethesda and someone tweeted me earlier and said their eyes were bleeding from how beautiful it is <laughs> now so uh, I'm guessing it's pretty good so thank you Bethesda for that and for all the support actually on the mod side I think we're going to see some standalone games come out of this I cannot wait to see what the community picks up these creation tools and makes with the, yeah. the Oblivion mods out there are so freaking crazy and I have not installed the high, res- yeah, high resolution texture pack yet but I cannot wait to see what it looks like. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> all I did for the first few hours that I had Skyrim installed was going through the mods and like the texture packs and stuff, just looking like I I, uh, I recorded some gameplay without it, and then when I added all the stuff, just the texture pack made such a huge difference. And so um, I'm actually really looking forward to that official HD texture pack. You know that yeah that that alone made the game that much better. And having it all through like Steam Workshop and everything, that's that's just so cool. I think that Bethesda has earned some serious kudos with me for giving yeah. such like such huge support to the PC side of things. Right, and then so. on top of that, they put the game on sale today. And isn't the rumor that the uh, Portal Two Space Core is uh, is yes. in there somewhere now? It is in there. Yeah, it's this pet you can get. That's, that is reason <laughs> enough alone to buy that game more than once. <laughs> so, but um. Next, we have Ubisoft doing what they do. Um, failing? This, failing this really hilarious. hard. I mean, we, we didn't write on it, but this was, um, this was one of the funniest things that I've seen uh, with Ubisoft's, you know, obviously infamous DRM strategy, but they're now taking down uh, servers. They're taking down DRM servers for a planned server migration. And... <laughs> knocking all their ping users offline 
I can't even get through this because it's so hilarious. They don't. They, not only do they not have like a confirmed timeline for how long the server transition will take, but they do say that they promise to keep you updated via their Twitter account. Oh, great! Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, bros. Thanks. So the game's affected, right? Might and Magic Hero Six, which is actually a pretty good selling game. Uh, Splinter Cell Conviction for the Mac, Assassin's Creed for the Mac. So you Mac fans of Assassin's Creed. Have fun not playing it. Um, <laughs> I believe it's this week. Yeah, this week's the outage. Um, and the Settlers, which I've never played, don't really know what it is, but um, the Settlers 7 Pass to a Kingdom on PC will be down, and the Settlers, the original on Mac, and Tom Clancy's Hawks 2 on PC, you can't play it this week. Not allowed. That's fantastic. So, so Ubisoft, uh, congratulations on basically letting people know that the only way they can play these games uh, until yeah is to is to pirate them. That's that's awesome. Looks like that DRM's working, bros. And how Thanks. much do you want to bet they will do nothing to compensate the people who have paid their game, oh, paid for their games, course not. and then Absolutely they took them offline week? <laughs> and last up, we have a uh, more happy story with the cheerfully named Raspberry Pi. Mini PC shipping this week for the first time, and the reason we're actually touching on this is because this thing is either twenty-five or thirty-five dollars, depending on how much RAM you want. It's about the size of a cell phone, <laughs> and it can be a home uh, home theater PC. It can play. Uh, it can use XMBC, which is a really popular media player, and it can play uh, Quake Three on it. They've played Quake Three, which yes, it's older, but the fact is. They're playing Quake 3 on a $35 PC. $35! It's tempting to pick one up. I I yeah. might grab one if they are going to ship to the US. Around. Yeah. So it's on a an, uh, Broadcom ARM chip running at 700 megahertz. thing has HDMI out, <laughs> an SD card thing, powered by micro USB, has a USB 2.0 jack, Ethernet jack, audio jack, and RCA video as well. So... If you're looking for a tiny little media <laughs> PC and one that's just insanely cheap, I, it kind of blows me away. I, th- I hope we see some cool stuff come out of this, actually, because it's going to lead to some uh, some cool things in the future, I think. So. It sounds like yeah. it's going to be the new Arduino controllers that uh, run Android. That Everybody that plays with those things seems to love them to death because they're cheap and easy to program and run Android, but these things will be a, more, a little more powerful. Yeah, yeah, twenty five to thirty five dollars. I mean, it's it's right along the same price point as the Arduino. It's just it's going to be easier to program. It's got Ethernet built in. You've got, you know, a, a good HDMI output. I, the thing, honestly, it's going to blow the Arduino out of the water. It's. I just I just can't believe it has HDMI for thirty five bucks. Yeah, like, do they say what OS you're going to run on it? Like, what does it ship with an OS, or what do you load? Oh, I forget what it had. I think it had. Probably a flavor of Linux. Or yeah, like it's definitely. a Linux. Yeah, I think it had... It might have had Ubuntu, but I don't know if it did. A really stripped-out version, I would assume, if it does. Yeah, I think... Uh, um, I mean, though this isn't going to obsolete a site like PC Part Picker anytime soon, um, <laughs> I think this this stuff is pretty cool. One of the One of the awesome things about hardware always getting better is it means that yesterday's hardware is that much cheaper you know, to produce and manufacture. And, uh, you know, so we've got obviously really powerful phones now, but that also opens up uh, kind of 
the world of these cheap systems that can still do a lot. I mean, playing Quake oh, yeah. 3 for a system that's only going to cost 25 bucks is uh, is pretty incredible. And, I, you know, I can't even imagine in five years, five or ten years, what is a $25 system like this going to be capable of, you know? This is actually really enticing to me because I've got, like, a mid-tower quad-core machine in my kitchen to listen to music while I cook. And it's like, <laughs> that's way overkill. But one of these little uh, Raspberry Pi PCs, I could slap it on the back of the monitor, plug in my speakers, and go. It's fantastic. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm on their page right now. You have to boot from an SD card, but after you boot from that, a USB hard drive can take over after the initial boot. That's awesome. Um, oh, that's really to, cool. To switch on, just plug it in, switch off, remove power. Huh. <laughs> Can I add extra memory? No, you can overclock it by about 100 megahertz. Nice, so you can get oh, up to 800. And it can play in 1080p. Welcome back to the days of Pentium 3 overclocking. <laughs> so check those out, guys. If you have if you have an extra 35 bucks, why not? <laughs> Don't buy Call of Duty 3 or Modern Warfare 3. Buy a <laughs> yeah, Raspberry <I> Pi. <laughs> so next up we have our roundtable feature. No! No! And uh, today's is going to be on games, and we've we've touched on this before, but we just had an article from John uh, on some games that really do need reboots uh, from their retro classic roots. And uh, I don't know, most of these were kind of shooters or first-person shooters, though. I mean, I guess X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter isn't really a FPS, technically, but... It is the only um, flight simulator. <laughs> but all the games you listed, I would definitely definitely be uh all about seeing now a couple of these i don't know maybe we'll go around here brandon what what classic game since tribes is back so can't yeah, really I know. say that i know tribes would probably if, if tribes of sim wasn't around that would probably be my number one since that that is by all accounts a classic game uh now um i will have to say you should definitely check out john's article um because there's it, it kind of takes you down memory lane if you're, you know, maybe 20, 20 plus years old. If you're younger than that, you may not even know these games. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was funny you had Duke Nukem 3D as your last one, basically just pretending that uh, Duke Nukem Forever never even came out. It didn't. I'm sorry, know, what game? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> sorry, Randy Fitchford, by the way, if you would hear this. I don't want to shoot you, but someone else needs to work on your game. <laughs> um, I actually think, really, for me, it's uh, two of the games that, that John listed in the article. Um, Doom 2 is, uh, you know, was kind of where I got my start in PC gaming. And so I'm really excited for Doom 4 that it is working on right now. Because Doom 3, um, it it was all right, I think, it for its day. But, right, it wasn't the same, and I think it, it was... Um, it was really more of just a kind of a hardware flex than anything. Um, but yeah, I never, it was. Yeah, I never really got pulled into the gameplay itself. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that Doom Four is kind of more of a more of a return to what made the original so great. Um, well, that's that's why I loved Hard Reset, as as he mentioned in the article, because we were talking about it while he was writing it, but. Hard Reset's the closest thing to the way I would like a single-player experience to be. Uh, challenging, insane in, in some parts, just because all Doom was was just a billion demons 
and slaughtering everything in sight. It wasn't, and there were puzzles like to get out of the level. Yeah, but exactly. it wasn't really, you know, there. I didn't really give a shit that demons had invaded Earth or anything. I just wanted to kill everything. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Like, it, it wasn't about the story. It was. It was about the the fact that you had all these different weapons and you had kind of the puzzles in the maps. I mean, I remember that I used to have all the cheat codes memorized because I, I couldn't beat the game on you know on its own accord. Now granted I was like I was like five years old, but it it, it was just so challenging and you had all those weapons and stuff. I like I still remember to this day, like I can tell you I think all of the weapons in Doom. I like can the shot, the shotgun, you. the rocket launcher, the BFG, plasma gun I mean, that's, it's like, it's amazing that there are very few games that I can recall so many vivid details from, but oh. Doom 2 is one of those games. Oh, I can still tell you every single cheat code for that game on the PC, and the entire ID KFA, ID DQD, I don't know. <laughs> IDFA, ID Clip. Yep. Yeah, ID Clip. <laughs> ID Clip was super important in some of the levels where it was like, I'm never going to find the red key, just let me out of the exit. Oh yeah, dude, you just yeah, hit, okay. hit the overview of the map the overview of the map key and just ID clip your way to the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if I had to pick a game, uh, Doom would be right up there. Uh, I've said enemy territory for this question before. Yeah. Uh, but, I one. mean, I just want to reskin enemy territory. I don't have to do anything else to the game. What about Quake Wars? Uh, that was great, right? Bah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then Splash Damage puts out Brink right after that. Yeah, hey, Quake was not Brink. I, I think it's needless to say Splash Damage has been on the decline. Yeah. I bought Brink on day one, and it uh, it has so much potential. <laughs> it could be so no, it, good. I, I totally agree. I actually enjoyed myself for the first hour or so once I got it running. <laughs> uh, but... I don't know, man. I've been thinking about this. I really would rather have a good Duke Nukem, even for me. Because I was so excited. So excited for Duke Nukem. Because the game had the attitude, and it kind of had the... You know, it was the first game where a lot of people... Doom was really the first game where it was like, parents were like, oh my god. Yeah. What is this? But uh, Duke Nukem had friggin' strippers in it, and you could give them money, and they would take their tops off. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, Duke was... Nukem made Doom look tame, as far as, you know, the yeah. the crude sexual themes and all of that. Yeah, and he had great lines and stuff, and again, you didn't give a shit if there were aliens. The game was just insanely fun, and uh, that's kind of been lost in the... Because now every shooter's on the rails, you know? Like, uh, I didn't even play the Modern Warfare 3 campaign or modern warfare 2 i did play call of duty 4s but everything just leads you to everything else there's no sort of exploration or, that's yeah. why hard reset for me was such a breath of fresh air it's just like okay i have to figure out how to do this and i i, I live streamed it i believe it was last week i died 15 times in two hours or something it was like <laughs> it was not you know i would run into a part and be like well how do i do this <laughs> but yeah, I would say Duke Nukem just because I want that game done correctly still. I still want it done correctly, so I think give me that Gearbox one. Gearbox could probably do it if they just started from scratch. Like, that was what killed Duke Nukem forever, is they took all this junk from, like, six different reboots and five different engines and tried to band-aid it together, and it was... Yeah. Uh... Also, Ski Free, if anyone remembers Ski Free. <laughs> oh, man. Was... HD Ski Free? Yeah, let's do that. Dude. 
So what about you, John? I know you wrote the article and had some stuff, but anything outside of these that you would really, maybe an RPG of some type? I don't know. Uh, you know, when I first got started, RPGs were not on my uh, wheelhouse of games. Um, I don't know. I'm just Outside of this, I, XCOM would have been my number one, but thank God Fraxis, for everything Fraxis is doing about this game looks so good. But it would probably be a tie between the first two in the article, Descent and X-Wing, because I spent so much time on both of those games. Like, I have vivid memories of being a child with a flight stick, just tearing through these mines and Descent and rescuing hostages. And then as I got older, I had a better computer, and a buddy of mine didn't have a flight stick, and he had the X-Wing versus TIE Fighter Collector's Edition. And he was just like, here, take it. I don't give a crap. I don't want this game. And I was like, you're an idiot. You need to come to my house with a flight stick, and we're going to tear this up. It's amazing. But I don't know I don't know how old you guys are, roughly. Um, but I, I'm close to 30 now. And uh, we used to have, uh, back in the day, maybe, you know, Philip or John. I don't know. Brandon's kind of younger. I don't know how old you guys are. But, um Shareware man, shareware was the thing. Shareware dude, yeah. Guys, you would get like you would get like a PC magazine and get a CD, and it would have like ten games on it. And there's a couple that I'm remembering now. Uh, one would be Rise of the Triad. Oh, I remember I Rise of the Triad. Love to, see, love to see a Rise of the Triad remake, even though I only got to play like the first five levels, just over and over. <laughs> but that game made went out of its way to just be ridiculous. Uh, you could put a more gore coat on, and when you would shoot guys, like, kidneys and eyes and other <laughs> major organs would just, like, go down the screen like they hit a window, you know? That's awesome. And they had weapons in that game. One was called the Drunk Missiles, and it just fired six missiles randomly. <laughs> like, that was it. You could never get like, a publisher to approve that game today. Yeah, and it was just, it had the uh, Hand of God perk thing that you could pick up and you would like run through get the orb and you got really tall and you just had your hand and when you would click the or hit the fire button it would just kill everything on screen <laughs> like you had it it was amazing <clears throat> but what about you philip uh, any old games yeah so i i gonna show my age here i think uh you know if i had to go back for a reboot i would probably want to see something like uh um I don't know if you've ever played a game called Auto Duel or uh, or uh, Mail Order Monsters. Those are like from the Commodore days, and Ooh. I, you know I I don't know whether it's because it's it's been so long since I played them that over time like they've they've grown in my mind. You know, much like I don't know when I when I was little I'd watch these I watch these cartoons and then I didn't get to watch them for fifteen years and then you know you go to college and you you suddenly you're you're available to watch these cartoons again. You watch them, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. This is, this is awesome. I get to see this cartoon again. Yeah. Like, this is terrible. This is, this is awful. How did I, like, I, I just, yeah, I just watched Robotech with my son. <laughs> oh, nice. The 1985 Robotech series. Man, that show was messed up, actually. I had no idea. Did you know that Robotech was actually three separate Japanese cartoons that they had tied into one long running series? I wouldn't doubt it, because it just goes. Translation was not the best either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, my buddy Sean, who who codes our site, Philip. Uh, he has a working Commodore sixty four still that he like plays with and codes on, nice. and he he still has his he still has his Atari twenty six hundred and I believe another Atari system, 
and uh, a few other vintage systems that he he absolutely loves them, and he keeps them running himself. He does all the, you know, if something electronic goes bad, he'll fix it. But uh, it's impressive. I but think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think the the older games like that, like on the you know Commodore and Atari and uh, you know NES and SNES, um, I think a lot of those games have have so much appeal just kind of for their simplicity and. If there was like an HD remake of games like that, I think I think some of those would sell really well. I was actually while you were talking, I was trying to think of one of my favorite uh, games from back in the day. Have any of y'all ever played King of the Monsters? Oh yeah, I think no. it was on the it was on the Super Super Nintendo, and I, Is like that I didn't wrestling have wrestling game. It, it, yeah, yeah, it was like monster fighting wrestling. Yeah, that was an arcade game that got ported to SNES. That game is crazy. You like bounce off buildings. It's like WWE if Godzilla and Mothra wanted to go at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels like it's like Godzilla. You're you're uh, like walking over cities, but you're wrestling with other monsters. And I just like I've never seen another game like that. And I just think it would be awesome to have like a full HD remake of those types of games that. You know, you you only really ever saw back in the 2D era. You don't have those anymore. Yep. Yeah, I like the return indie indie stuffs going. I like the way it's going with a lot of the platformers and. Uh, yeah, man, Dust Force. Gotta play Dust and, Force. And like, yep, and bit and like games like Bit Trip Runner. Yeah, um, those simple games. It's like some of those are awesome. Rage-inducingly hard. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Bit Trip Runner. When I did the review for Dust Force, no lie, I played that one level 50, 60 times to get a perfect run, and it felt so good when I did it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's missing, and that's what I was saying about everything's on the rails. Everything's on the rails now. And that's why I like Hard Reset. That game is just fucking intense, like, the whole time. Or even worse, everything, like, leads you around by the nose, and it's like, here's exactly what you have to do at every part of this game. Like, Dust Force is just like, here you go. Run around, do whatever you want. We don't care. Yep. But yeah, so we need more old games redone, and also make a good Duke Nukem title. Yes. That's what we've gotten out. Yes. So now, on to the Twitter questions. And now it's time for Twitter questions with the KB Mod Podcast. We get a lot of Twitter questions today. We have some really good ones because uh, we have one here without a question. I like this one you posted, Brandon. Sergeant Jason, this is a question for uh, Philip, but it's not a question actually. He just says, I just fucking love you, PC part picker. I'm buying an entirely new PC build tomorrow. So there you go. You have adoring fans. Awesome. <laughs> Alright, Brian, you want to start or you want me to pick one out here? Yeah, um, our first one here is a good, good PC building question. Uh, we've got Xander Shock asking... What is the most common mistake people make when building a new PC? So I'll I'll let you answer first, Philip. You know that one's tough because everybody builds a PC for different reasons, and some people build are trying to build gaming PCs, and some people are trying to build just general web surfing PCs or or, or work PCs. Um, and so I think it it depends on depends on what what type of machine you're building. You know. I, a classic one is if you're building a gaming PC, is to, you know, to to get a power supply that's that's cheap, or <laughs> a power supply that's you know, yes. 1200 watts or something, and um, or to to not buy uh, a CPU cooler with a with an unlocked processor, or 
you know, something like that. Um, I think if you're if you're going for other uses, a lot of times it's people will say, well, I'm building a uh, a PC that's just doing very very light gaming and internet browsing and stuff like that. It's for my parents, and then they pick a 2500K for the processor. It's you know, it's like, well, no, no, <laughs> yeah, it's a, a bit more than you need, you know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, I was, I think my my mine would definitely be the the not getting the right power supply either either under too little wattage or way too much wattage. Um, but I think the really the the overarching most common mistake I see people make is um, is like you said getting maybe if it's a video if it's just a web surfing PC or whatever. Um, getting you know a dedicated video card that that puts them out two hundred dollars, or if you're getting a gaming PC and you get thirty two gigs of RAM, but um, you know you get a, a hundred dollar video card, things like that, just kind of people um, choosing choosing kind of a weird assortment of parts that doesn't really uh, complement what they want to do with the PC, and so that's I mean that's why uh, we're here, hopefully to help you guys out and help you become more knowledgeable. Um, and using sites like Philips, PC Part Picker is actually, I think, a really good way to, um, you know, to help get the right parts for, for what you want to do with your PC. Yeah, I mean, I would say the top thing truly is, and we mentioned this last week as well, uh, a crap power supply, guys. If you're going to skimp somewhere, don't do it there. <laughs> Look at the reviews. I mean, if it's... If it's blowing up PCs left and right, <laughs> you probably don't want it. Or if it's, you know, a 900, 950 watt, 1000 watt power supply and it's like 80 bucks, you're probably going to want to skip on that. <laughs> yeah, that means um, it's rated to actually do 300 watts and they just stuck a nine at the front to get you to buy it. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> you really, really, really want to be careful of that part. Uh, our own John, uh, normally on the podcast, uh, he had three or four power supplies make PCs just totally go bad. Just have bad luck, too. I mean, a couple of them were reputable brands, but they can really, really make everything else go horribly wrong. So that would be mine. That or doing something horrible uh, when putting on a heat sink. <laughs> be, care- be careful. Be careful with that. I would say if you're going to build something, just make sure you do the research on every part you put into it. That's the biggest part of any build is knowing what you're going to use it for and why you're buying the parts you're buying. And also invest in a decent case. I didn't do that, and I've gone through like four cases trying to find something I like. And the money I've spent on like $60, $70 cases, I could have bought a really nice $150, $160 case that will get you through like four or five builds. Yeah, case yeah, is, and- case is important. Uh, you know, a good case is definitely worth the money. You, you, you get a case on definitely cheap end, and you're gonna pay for it either either through bad cable management or you're gonna slice your hands open. Yeah, yep. I know all about the second one. Yeah, I had a, uh, I had my first my first more modern build. Well, I guess I mean I don't even know if that's the right word. When I built with an AMD uh, Barton three thousand plus. Uh, <laughs> I bought like some just horrendous case. I mean, it was, it came with the power supply in it. Oh my! Oh god, no! Yeah, that's and it. Uh, it had LEDs on it and looked pretty. Uh, <laughs> well, they weren't LEDs at the time, but <laughs> uh, but I putting shit in there, there was no room, and I just 
there and, and nothing had protection on it at all around it and there was no room to move so it was just like cutting yourself left and right <laughs> and like really poorly chopped metal so yeah make sure you get a case and make sure you get one that's known to be roomy there are very very good budget cases out there so uh don't think you you know you said you can get a really nice case for 150 but don't think you have to spend that much you can get no you don't a have to build solid case uh for i have an antec 300 it's great it was 60 bucks so you can get them. You just got to be careful. <laughs> Definitely do your research. Yeah. Do your research is probably the top tip out of all this. <laughs> so. Let's see. Next, uh, I've, I've got another uh, hardware-related question from Zeke Likes D. Uh, what do you think <laughs> is a better idea, upgrading your PC piece by piece or saving up for an all-new rig after a while? Ooh. I've heard varying schools of thought on this. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch NTIX Tech, t- tech Tips on YouTube or Linus Tech Tips on YouTube. Uh, I just enjoy watching because I get to see new hardware and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he gives generally good advice too, but he one of his build guides or one of his tips was to never build with future proofing in mind because it's not really possible, mm-hmm. but to also not – he said – you should spend the extra money on a better part now rather than getting a cheaper part now and then a better part later because you're just going to spend more money. But I don't know. I lo- I kind of like the idea of incrementally building. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it, uh, it, it depends on the part. So, like, some parts depreciate faster than others, and therefore, you know, it... it so, for instance, say, um, you know, take CPUs. If, if you pick a, like, an LGA 775 processor, if you were to go back three or four years and and, and buy an LG, a low-end LGA 775 processor, um, you know, say, like, a like a E3300 or something, you'd still, you'd pay a decent amount of money. But if you, if you said, well, okay, three years from now, I'm going to upgrade, I'm going to buy the top-of-the-line 775 processor, um, today you would be spending as much money as you would if you were buying like a 2500k but the performance difference between them is huge so mm-hmm. it's it's not worth it to to try to upgrade the processor to to try to um you know to upgrade that to expect to upgrade that in the future because the the prices on processors seem to kind of hold steady for the most part but i think on video cards as the newer generation video cards come out Especially as like the newer, um, the the newer manufacturing processes for the for the for the actual GPU itself, um, that kind of trickles down into the the lower lower end cards, at, you know, and the lower end cards become cheaper, and so I think it's it's easier to upgrade your GPUs than it is your your processors when you're when you're looking over the the, the span of a couple of years. Right. Yeah, and it. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say I think. Uh, it it does kind of depend on um, you know what you're using your PC for, and um, I think that the the whole buying cheap now and or trying to future proof, I think that you know those schools of thought. The the way I approach it is <clears throat> buy parts that you're going to be happy with, 
and and don't like don't buy with upgrading in mind basically so yeah. so there's a lot of parts that can serve you really well for a long time and i'm talking parts like your case um, your power supply in some cases your ram i mean because we've been on ddr3 for a long time now uh, there's a lot of parts that that if you bought them now um, they can last you through several builds. So I would say if you're talking about, like, your first PC or, or your first, like, good gaming PC, buy parts that you're going to be really happy with because the ones that you are going to end up upgrading are the ones like your, your processor and your motherboard potentially, your video card, maybe your memory. But, but a lot of the other ones you can reuse. Um, and so buy stuff, you know, like your case especially. Man, you can reuse your case for... Unless you break something on it, I mean, you can reuse that for years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. The case, <clears throat> the case, the uh, the power supply too. I mean, power power needs are actually going down. Is the trend now? Yeah. Unless you're going completely nuts with like the amount of stuff you're putting in, but the the trend now is that you want to make the uh, the chips smaller, less power consuming, less heat. So, really, if you have a you know. Even like a 600, 650 watt right now, and you're not going to run two video cards in the future. It's probably going to be good for you. I mean, for your next build. Uh, so yeah, those parts are good to have. The case, unless you want to put your old old PC when you upgrade into another case, uh, you can pretty much just put the new build in there. <laughs> They're not going to change form factors within the next. You know, ever. five, ten, yeah, ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I see. I don't know. I am like the perpetual incremental builder. Like my machine as it stands now is totally different from when I originally built it. Now, like the motherboard is the same and the CPU is the same, but I switched the cooler. I switched the video card. I've, I've changed the RAM. I've changed the case. So, like, I would say find a good base. Get a good motherboard. Good, yeah, it's the first. Yeah, it's like, the first build. Yeah, the first build should be rock solid. Like, get a good motherboard, get a good processor, and then like you know, if you can't buy 16 gigs of RAM right off the bat, start with six, and then as RAM drops, go to 12 or go to 16 at that point. Like, I started with three gigs of RAM in this machine because I didn't have enough cash for a ton of it. Now there's 16 gigs in it because it's dirt cheap. So. Get, like, the good base in place. If you can't afford to go, like, 1200 bucks on a brand new machine, get a decent motherboard, decent processor, a video card that'll play what you want. But, like, don't max out the RAM right off the bat. And in a couple weeks, I'll probably finally take the jump to solid-state hard drives. So it'll change my build even further. But if you're building a brand new PC, you've never built a gaming PC before, definitely start solid, and then you can always tinker and add on later. Yeah, I think... I think one of the main things now um, to kind of actually go not not against what both of you said, but uh, is that getting a you can get a kind of not lower end video card, but average kind of middle ground, and then plan to SLI or crossfire it later is not a bad idea. Yeah. Actually, at yeah, all. that's true. It's, uh, um, that's the only part I would say that's true for. I wouldn't say buy a cheap processor, no. being like, yeah, I'll upgrade it later. <laughs> no, but yeah. When I got my 5770 for this original build, the whole idea of it was I was going to get another one at some point. And, uh, cause two of them, 
was equal to around a 6950, almost a 6970, mm-hmm. which was a hell of a lot more money oh, at the yeah. time. So, well, the nice thing uh, is, too, with how long the console cycle has been, um, a lot of the mid-level cards from AMD and NVIDIA are are plenty of horsepower to run modern yeah. games at a decent resolution. Like, you don't have to buy, you know, a 7970 today to play you know, anything that's on the market. My 6870 plays every single game currently available at 1080p with a really good frame rate, and that's just a single card setup. Right. Apparently you haven't played Battlefield 3 that much. I do not like Battlefield <laughs> games, period, so no. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I, I would but. actually say, to cap that off, really your best strategy is when you buy your awesome PC, then have your friends come over to your house and get them envious, and then sell them that PC six months down the road and buy a new one. There you go. All right. All right, I have a question. This one is off the beaten path, though. Um, <laughs> this was from Slam Tarts. <laughs> uh, a zombie horde approaches. You may choose one non-firearm weapon. What would it be? That's now, tough. I think the knee-jerk reaction for me was to say chainsaw, but in practice, I don't think that's going to work very well. It works really well in video games. What happens when you're out of but, gas, man? Well, there's that. And, and have you ever tired. You, have you ever used a chainsaw? Yeah, that, that's It's rough. like, that thing gets stuck in something, man. You're screwed. <laughs> that's true. You get stuck on, like, a, a piece of bone. That's not going to come out. <laughs> yeah, and, and remember, these are zombies, so technically you have to get rid of the head. Is this Romero zombies or 28 Days Later zombies? I think we're going Romero. Okay, fair they, enough. They can't run. <laughs> I would say I'm going to go Shaun of the Dead style and say Cricket Bat. Definitely Cricket Bat. <laughs> Heavy, like good swinging, got like decent length so they don't have to come right up in your grill. You can just like break a skull open. Done. Yeah, we'll consider skull breaking a dead zombie too. So we'll, By you know, you don't have to have like... destroying a, the brain. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. The, a good solid blunt weapon like that is is a good choice. I'm trying to think, man. Non-firearm. Does that mean non-combustible or just, like, doesn't shoot anything? Because if it can shoot something, then that uh, saw blade gun from Half-Life 2, that would be the best. (laughs) But you'd also, like, you'd have to have all that ammo, though, too. So you wouldn't wouldn't want something that has expendable ammo because you're going to have to carry that around with you everywhere. Yeah, saw blades are heavy. They are heavy. Um, See, and it has to be a long range, too, for me. Because, hell, if I'm getting close to a zombie. Um, <laughs> hmm. well, since we didn't put restrictions on it, I'll say that my top choice would probably be a portal gun. Nice. Good one. <laughs> we didn't say it had to exist. That's true. But I think of, of things that actually exist. I think I, I like the cricket bat, but I think I'd go a little bit, a little bit more and say like a solid lead pipe. So you, you can really get really get some good force behind those those hits. That's a good call. I might go with like a goalie stick. That'd be good. Lots of length, real heavy oh, at dude, the end. You're gonna break that on some zombie's head. How about you can go way up like a batleth, like that Klingon, like crazy sword weapon from Star Trek that uh, Worf always had. One of those. That requires me to get too close. I'm just not comfortable <laughs> with getting close to these. <laughs> Or actually, maybe you go with something like an axe or a sword that where you can basically just chop heads off with ease. 
There you go. Yeah, see, Left 4 Dead 2, Samurai Sword was always real good. Yeah. There was always a katana laying around if I needed it. So, uh, yeah, I might go that. What about you, Philip? I don't know. I think, uh, I first thought it was Shaun of the Dead, and I was thinking, you know, like old records or 45s like they threw in the movie. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think I would want something like a shovel, something with a good solid gong. You know, like really resonates when you hit them, so that you would know. You want that yeah. sound effect when it cracks off their face? Yeah. Plus the the that wouldn't be that heavy because I think your lead pipe idea that's going to be a lot of weight. That's man. true. That's true. Yeah, that shovel might be might be easier because you could probably if you if you swing it hard enough you could probably do some cutting. But you have that good solid, you know, metal shovel. Um, you would know when you got a hit with a shovel. That's I mean, true. Would, there would be no doubt as to when it happened. <laughs> well, Philip appears appears to be prepared for the zombie apocalypse. That sounded like a well thought out answer. <laughs> All right, Brandon, you got one last one here. Um, well, I think uh, I think I will ask this one from Crunch. Uh, <laughs> Does PC Park Picker prefer G Skill or Corsair? I think they're both fine. That's that's Ooh. that's a good answer, really. That is a good answer. <laughs> I prefer Core Scale or G Sair. Yeah, um, those are both solid <laughs> brands. <laughs> I do have one actually. This is from one of the best troll accounts I've seen in recent memory, Stoner Carmack. <laughs> <laughs> Who, I don't know if you guys follow John Carmack on Twitter, but if you don't, especially you as a programmer, Phil, John Carmack is a legendary Twitter account. Because um, <laughs> all his tweets make no sense at all to normal people. Unless you're a rocket scientist? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but uh, is, my <laughs> is modern game development being harmed from getting cotton-mouthed crispy... <laughs> Or can being hammy slammied improve the process? <laughs> wow, Stoner Carmack, you legend! <laughs> I'm gonna go with harms the process. If you miss something programming, man, you're done. <laughs> I, I don't even know what what you just said, but it was amazing. So I'll just agree. Yes, I am going to take. I'm gonna give him a follow right now. <laughs> You need to keep up that account, whoever you are, because that is a solid start. Yeah, that is a solid troll account right there. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we end episode 28. Thanks for coming on, Philip. Thanks, It was a good time. Enjoy it. We love the site. Yeah, make sure you visit PCPartPicker.com. Uh, it should be next next to KBMod.com on your favorites bar. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Hex, for coming on. No problem. We'll have you again sometime soon, I'm sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, keep hitting up the site, guys, and we'll see you next episode. Later. Later.